And now, broadcasting on Star Worldwide Networks, it's In the Green Room. Green is in, but what does that really mean for you? Join the gang for a fun and energetic half-glass, half-full perspective to what and how sustainability is the lifestyle for the future. It can really affect everything you do, from your health, wallet, environment, money, even your morals. So our goal, to help save the planet one show at a time. Now, welcome to The Green Room. Welcome, everyone, to In The Green Room. I'm Kinga. I'm Quita. And I'm Chet, and I'm wishing you a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! <laughs> but it's tomorrow. It is, but we can start talking now. People celebrate. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know what? People are celebrating over the weekend. Good job. Rock and Robin. Welcome, Rock and Robin. We have a full house here. Yes. We've got my girlfriends, my best girlfriends from the cooking club in-house. Did you guys uh, cook Say hello, anything? everyone. Oh, we just talk and laugh and drink wine. <laughs> hey, that works. Probably mostly drink wine. That's the main thing you do. <laughs> and then we have uh, Steve Stone is not just a regular guest because he's a broadcaster, sportscaster, baseball star, uh, author, restaurant owner, and so we just want him so to join. A young in. award winner, come on! Hello, Steve <laughs> not Stone. Yet. Not yet. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to be a guest, but yet also a co-host. And when we have our supermodel in house, uh, Laura Madden, that's over here behind us, that's into eco fashion, uh, he's going to help uh, interview Laura. Yay, she's in house. I'm so excited. <laughs> and she's the only one that actually wore a costume. So we're all slacking here. That tells you so. our Halloween spirit. That's yeah. okay. We're going to do it up tomorrow. We'll uh, take pictures. Okay, thank you. We will. Yeah. I mean, I was going to wear lederhosen, but it was a little chilly in here. So I was like, I don't need to. So how was your weekend, Quita? You know how my weekend was because I spent it with you. So we celebrated Kinga's birthday and my mom turned 62. I love, love my mom. So we Mama had Pearl. a good little weekend. In fact, Steve, we ran into you with the whole entourage. Do you it remember? was. It was a beautiful morning. Yes. <laughs> He's like, and that's all I have to say Sounds like it. there was a story there, no? Well, there was a story. Okay, so Quita was so wonderful. She set up this amazing dinner at Tansy that treated us mm-hmm. for in the green room, a shout out to Tansy. It's at uh, the it's quarter Scottsdale quarter. Yes. We had a beautiful view. You had a, the most delicious dinner set up for us and Rombauer wine. And I just, it was such a wonderful surprise. And then she got a hotel room at the Scottsdale Plaza for all of us. And yes. it was mama Pearl, her birthday, uh, aunt. Auntie peaches who, who's a former principal and mayor and um commissioner and but then yet she's so silly you don't know the silly side with all that she's done <laughs> uh-huh. i mean principal commissioner mayor you know what the- you have to have a sense <laughs> of humor working with kids for that long right, <laughs> <I agree>. <laughs> <laughs> right. so we were so silly we had such a wonderful dinner we and danced and, danced. Sang and laughed and it was great and what, then what did you guys eat there i haven't been there yet oh Tanzi? my gosh it was the best dinner i had i've never heard you say that before it, she, <laughs> uh, no 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 well it's kind of embarrassing what i did have because it wasn't eco-friendly i had a, a wag do you call it wagyu steak wagyu wagyu yeah. yes mm-hmm. kobe beef it was incredible mm-hmm. juicy uh then we had the best brussels sprouts oh the brussels sprouts the brussels sprouts were yummy they were delish and then i wow. had this yummy pasta that had squash and all this stuff it was good if you haven't been i would definitely recommend going it was it was a good time oh and the view Sounds and savory. the lights <laughs> there you go right like, trust me it was and the band was incredible i love the band mm-hmm. and they're gonna come on the show they're gonna we, be coming we, on yeah. you guys know we rock yeah. it with the music that's so, right yes, uh-huh. absolutely yeah it was a good night it yeah. was a good night 
And then the next day I did a lot of gardening because, oh my goodness, it's so gorgeous outside. So I'm happy. The plants are happy. The chickens are happy. Everybody's Jam's happy. Jam's in the house. Welcome, Jam. And music just in time. <laughs> we were talking music and Jam is walking right on in. So it was a great weekend. Kinga, anything else you did? Oh, and then well, hold on. came I, to your home. I want to go back to the, the, the hotel room because... Uh -oh. We, I, know, I may I, be I hiding some things, <laughs> and she's trying to bring it out. I'm denying I it all. <laughs> so Quita brought all these really fun games, and we didn't get back to the hotel room because we had to stop at the grocery store to get snacks. And at the grocery store, the two of us were like a married couple bigger. I'm like, no, we don't need three bags of chips <laughs> and, and popcorn yeah, and this and that. But then tell them what happened, Kinga, when we got back to the room. Tell them. I was eating it all. <laughs> <laughs> were there any Did you get the drunchies? <laughs> Too much wine. Oh. Right. Classic. So we stayed up playing games until about three. I was the first one to go to bed. And I, I went upstairs, went to bed, couldn't hear you guys. And then all of a sudden at about six in the morning, they all come in giggling, going to bed. And I'm like, I woke up to go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's six in the morning. And Queenie goes, well, I'm setting the alarm for 7.30 a.m. I'm like, why are we She going? was stuck on us having breakfast and mom had a whole nother gathering <laughs> And so we had to have breakfast. Wait, so you guys were partying till 6 a.m.? <laughs> what were you guys we, doing? Listen, just because there was birthday. Everything closes at 2.30, though. Like, where do you guys even go? Well, we were at the hotel. Oh, oh, okay. oh, Chet, that plaza hotel right by our house has two and three-room suites. I had no idea. I mean, it's incredible, and they, they were generous. So we have to mention Plaza, Plaza Hotel. Is it called the Scottsdale Plaza? It's the Scottsdale Plaza Resort. Because they treated us really good for In the Green Room. Yay! So thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so should we get to our Chad, yes. did you have anything you oh, wanted Chet. to tell us about your weekend? Um, well, I went to a really fun uh, concert on Friday night, Claude Von Stroke. He's like a really big house uh, producer and DJ, and it was like a costume party. So that was a great time. So you wore a costume there, but you didn't wear a costume here? Yeah. Well, I, I knew that everybody there was going to be wearing one. So, um, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it was a great time. And then I watched the World Series, of course. Um, I'm just happy the Dodgers Red did Sox. not. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more just Red happy Sox. the Dodgers didn't win. So I'm happy about Okay, that. which I'm sure the Red Sox raise your hand about in the World Series, right, Steve? No, you're no, for the Dodgers. Didn't have a horse in the race. Well, where do, where do you, what team what team does your loyalty lie with? Yes. Cuz you played with several. So. As you get older, you will find that you develop an intense allegiance to who's ever signing the checks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Chicago White Sox fan. <laughs> Tell him like it is. That's right. Well, Steve Stone still works for the White Sox right now. He's mm -hmm. the broadcaster, sportscaster. What do we call it? Broadcaster or sportscaster? Broadcaster. Yeah. Okay, broadcaster. Okay, thank you. Well, I mean, you um, won your Cy Young in Baltimore, right? So I was wondering, maybe you were your loyalties were there because that was like a legendary season. So. Yeah, but most of the people that were there at the time are dead now. Oh, so okay. you oh. lose, yeah. That's, you know, that's... <laughs> so the, so the real like loyalty it. is not quite there. Yeah. Okay. I, I've been in Chicago... Uh, every year, with the exception of four since 1973. So uh, oh, wow. there's a little loyalty to uh, the Chicago aspect of it. Well, remind me, you started off with the Giants. Yes. Got traded to the White Sox, went to the Cubs, traded to the Cubs. A free agent in the first free agent draft, um, which was the winter of 76-77. And then um, went back to the White Sox, then went to Baltimore, finished it out with Baltimore. And then, so uh, how long total did you play? 14 years professionally. Wow. That's yeah. a long career. And how has that affected your body now? Well. That's um, a good question, Queen. Most of these parts are not real. <laughs> uh, other than that, everything is fine. <laughs> yeah, I get around just great. 
Well, yeah. you, you had your shoulder redone. <laughs> no, I, I never had a I never had a surgery on anything that I used to pitch. Oh, really? Except for my back, and that was after I retired. So, okay. yeah, that was really? it. Really? You have to be very lucky. I mean, obviously, wow. you have to be good. That's if you're going to be in the major leagues, you're going to be one of the best athletes in the world. But th- that's a given. But then you have to be lucky also, because I played with a lot of guys who were much better than I was who never really had a chance to excel because their bodies gave up on them. Mm-hmm. And so they were hurt early in their careers, or they got hurt to a certain extent, which limited, limited their effectiveness, or they just got hurt so they couldn't play anymore. And so there is a certain element to luck. You have to work very hard. You have to want it unidimensionally. You have to be, you have to be literally um, keyed in on the goal because you're competing against the best in the world. And you have to realize that when you stop practicing, somewhere in this wide wonderful world of ours, someone who wants it more than you is still going to be practicing. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that each and every day that you work, you work to the best of your ability, you work as smartly as you possibly can, you have a game plan, you know where you want to go because if you don't know where you want to go, you can't get there. Mm -hmm. So that's the first of every plan. You know where you want to go and then you figure out the steps it's going to take you to get there. And you don't lose sight of that goal because if you do, you're going to run into somebody like me, and I'm going to beat you. <laughs> I love it, that competitive spirit. So how did you work through those injuries then? Cause didn't, you, didn't you have some injuries? Yeah, I had, I had a rotator cuff injury in 1976. I had a number of injuries, like, like all performers do. But you trust that you're going to come back. You work very hard to come back from it. But the interesting part about an injury, which is basically a physical event, is long after the injury has healed, the psychological aspects of that injury still linger. Mm-hmm. So I remember uh, in spring training, my first year with the White Sox, the second time, um, I was throwing in spring training. My father, was, my father and mother came to spring training. My father said to me, what are you doing? I said, I'm pitching, because I was coming back from an arm injury, rotator cuff injury. And he said, you're trying to protect yourself. You can't pitch like that. Worse comes to worse, your arm falls off. And if it does, you'll do something else. So you have to go out. You have to forget about the injury. You have to let it all go and see what happens. So it was really good advice from a guy who really wasn't a professional baseball player. <laughs> but he understood me, and, uh, and so I did, and my arm didn't fall off. And there was, a, you know, there was uh, let's see, 70, 79, It was six more years after that. Wow. So you were able to break through those mental limitations you had then you didn't well see obstacles. the whole you know and i know what your show is all about and one of the things that um one of the things that works regardless of what business you're in is that it is going to be your mind that controls everything else mm-hmm. and so when you're dealing with people that have the same ability you have or close to it the ones who are able to define and refine the mental processes are the ones who will be successful. Mm-hmm. And the others are going to be guys that look for another job in another field because they're going to lose whatever job they have at this point. So the refining of the mental processes is, is essential for any business. It's, it's more essential in a competitive sporting environment where it's you against me with one winner only. Mm-hmm. And so one of us mm-hmm. has to figure out how to win. I have no control over the size of my opponent, the strength of my opponent, the ability of my opponent, the desire of my opponent. I well, no, and the injuries. You I, can't I, well, control I, that yeah, either. I have no, well, yeah, you try to work hard, but yeah, but I'm talking about the psychological aspect of right. it. So with no control over that, you have to figure out what you have control over. So when I went to perform, I couldn't allow anybody to work harder than me. 
I couldn't allow anybody to want it more than me. I couldn't allow anybody to be more prepared than I because I had control over those three things. So knowing that, I figured out there was a, I, there was a better performer in me than had showed up the first nine years of my career. I had to go and try to find him. I didn't know if he was there. I thought he was, but I didn't know for sure. And until you open yourself up to the very real possibility that you are going to fail at whatever it is you're going to do, when you open yourself up to that possibility and really go for it, you're going to find out just how good you can be at anything you do. And until that time, you're not going to achieve what you need to achieve in your life. Be fearless, basically. Yeah, my husband Go for it. There's no debtor's prisons. Go for it. Because the worst that can happen is you lose. That's the worst. And then the next time, you make sure if you don't like it, that you don't lose the next yeah, time. Yeah, that'll get you nice and pissed and ready to go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we have Rachel, uh, one of our co-hosts, on the phone. Uh, she's Hi, in- guys. Hi, Rachel. Now, just really quick, Rachel, just for those that are on social media, you guys aren't hearing Rachel. We'll tell you what she's saying. But you guys that are listening on the website, you can hear Rachel, just so that you guys don't think we're just sitting here so looking at So tune in to In the Green Room. <laughs> green. Yes, and you can so hear So one of our co-hosts, Rachel, has called in. So could I say what she's saying? Yes. 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 Okay. Go ahead, Rachel. Go, Rachel. I, I will translate for the people who can't hear you. Play by play. Yes. I wish I could be there. I'm sitting at a solar cast. That's really good. Rachel. Um, so, so what Rachel said was she thought I was one of the greatest pitchers that ever played, and she can't understand. She can't understand how I would turn down Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Meyers. Just to be on this show. But I did. And that's what Rachel said for all of you who can't hear her. Thanks, Rachel. That was, that was great. Wait, that was Rachel, really thanks for reminding thanks, us of all that. Yeah. So, Rachel, why are you in Tucson? I'm in Tucson because I came to fight some parking tickets. Parking Ooh. tickets from, from you or Ryan? Um, a little bit of both. A little column A, a little column B. Okay, what did you hear? Mostly Steve? me. I heard she was pleading insanity and throwing herself on the mercy of the court. <laughs> that's I heard too. I heard that. That's exactly what I heard. <laughs> I told you it was for sure work, though, because you're reason pretty nutty. Why I, I sit and laugh with also, Steve Stone. <laughs> Steve Stone, I think, is the funniest Brett person here. I know. Ooh, jeez. Go ahead, Rachel. Have Brett here. Hi, Brett, our, our intern from Hi, Tucson. Hey, everybody. Hi. Oh. <laughs> Do you have any questions for Steve Stone? Uh-oh. Um, we wanted to see. know who your favorite person is that you've ever interviewed. Interesting. Or what it was like. We'll let everybody to, know uh, what she asked. Okay. The, the or question, what it was like to work alongside Harry Carey. Well, that was, that was fun, certainly. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, the question is the most interesting person that I've interviewed. And the other question was what it was like to work with Harry Carey. I worked with Harry for 15 years. And so that was pretty interesting because he was a unique fellow. Can you tell everybody who Harry Carey is? No. Or was? Um, <laughs> you should know that. That's a prerequisite. No, I, I know, but maybe some yeah. of the listeners don't know. Ahead, Harry please. Carey is a One Hall of Fame. of the most famous uh, yeah. broadcasts of all time. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame broadcaster. For, the, I know. for those of you who are really young, I mean really young, <laughs> you will recognize Harry Carey as the man that imitated Will Ferrell <laughs> uh, from Saturday Night That's Live. That's one of my favorite so that was good um the most interesting person one of one of the, there was a couple of people who were really nice and one is really going to surprise you one is is um well there's actually two people because they were in the booth together they sang perhaps the worst take me out to the ball game ever however they uh-huh. were as nice a people as i've ever interviewed and it was ozzy and sharon osborne 
They were really? they, they were magnificent. They were so nice. They thanked everybody in the booth. They they couldn't have been nicer. Even though I'm pretty sure that he stumbled over "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" on purpose because he is a professional singer who can certainly know the words to a lot of different right. things. But they were they were I was wonderful. Say, could you, could was you he was he a little? Um, I didn't hear the question. Did you? Could you understand his rendition at all? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, <laughs> it just wasn't good, but uh, it was a lot better than. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan had one of the worst. Mike Ditka had another one of the worst. Uh, they were they, they were just they were horrible. Take me out to the ball games, but Ooh. but Ozzy, Ozzy was right up there. However, uh, they were they were wonderful people, and that was and that was really nice. Um, we've had God, we had uh, well, we've had uh, a few presidents up there. Um, yeah, which presidents? I did an inning with uh, Ronald Reagan. No, oh, he's uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, he was, a, he was a really nice guy. I mean, a really nice guy. I and love Ronald Reagan. Yeah, the problem was that he, he said to me, he, couldn't, he, he was a recreator of baseball from the early days where he would get the results of the game on a ticker tape and then have sound effects, like a bat and a ball, and he would hit it and say, ah, ground ball to shortstop, whatever, and he would recreate it on the ticker tape. Oh, so wow. he, was, he was calling balls and strikes in this one inning. In the booth in, in the late, in the 19, I think it was 87, 88, something like that. And so um, he couldn't figure out the balls and the strikes. So I, I put down a B on one paper and an S on the other, and I would point to a ball or a strike. After the, <laughs> after, after the, inning, after the inning, he said to me, uh, you know, I really couldn't see because of the glass in the booth. And I said, well, I, I can understand it, except, uh, Mr. President, there is no glass in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And he said, but there was, there was glass when I was here with Pat Piper. Well, that was 35 years before. <laughs> so, um, Hilarious. Yeah, and that, as we know, Ron had then, Ron, unfortunately, was stricken with Alzheimer's. And, yes. and Nancy, his wife, uh, she, I talked with the legendary broadcaster of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Vin Scully, who has retired. He did I was just six, 67 years. As, yeah, as nice a man as there was in the world. And he, uh, he asked me one day at Wrigley Field, he goes, would you mind uh, if you could give me a ride to a bus stop after the game? And I said, why? He said, because it takes an hour for the bus to get loaded up. And he said, I would like to get back to the hotel because my wife is back to the hotel. I said, Vin, if I dropped you off at a bus stop... Oh. At 12 o'clock at night in Chicago, right. my departed partner, Harry Carey, would come down and chase me all over the city. So I will take you back to the hotel, which I did. And then he regaled me with all of these stories. And many of them were the ones where he talked about, he talked about Ronald Reagan. He talked about Nancy. They were very good friends. They lived right next to one another in Pacific Palisades. And so he asked Nancy afterward, he said, when, when did you notice that Ronald had a problem? And she said with a, a little over a year to go in his presidency, she knew that he had Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a little scary because that was, that was uh, 87. So what were the other presidents that you got to interview? One you really like, your favorite guy. Uh, which one? Donald Trump. You got to interview him? Yeah, he was in the booth before he was president. What? How cool. How was that? It was okay. Hillary was in the booth also. How was that? Uh, well, Hillary was kind of interesting because Hillary turned around... And Harry literally gave her a kiss 
right right on both of her lips. And I thought her eyes were going to explode. Because she was a little shocked and Harry uh, Harry was a little passionate. And How so anyway, he apparently he liked Hillary. So. How did she react? What did she say? She didn't react. Uh, her, she looked like she was she looked like they had just turned on the juice in the electric chair. <laughs> I, I've never been to an execution, but that was the look that I believe they all have. The one that was on Hillary's face when Harry slapped it on her. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a good one. And we've had, I mean, we had, there were so many people that came through from Mel Gibson to... Mel Gibson, I love him. Yeah, li- literally, he wasn't the nicest guy in the world. Uh, but but um, uh, we had, I mean, we were very fortunate to have the who's who af- after... After Harry passed away, we literally had the who's who of Hollywood and politics and everybody else through the booth and, and got a chance to talk to some wonderful people. I mean, it was just people who were funny, people who were, you know. Any rock terrific. stars? Um, rock stars. Let's Besides Ozzy? Yeah, actually, Kid Rock was in the booth. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, this was it hard to understand Ozzy, like, you ever have just a, talking? No? Okay. Wasn't, wasn't Wait, Brett, Brett has a question. What are you, Go ahead, Brett. What are you asking, Brett? Do you ever have a... Vince Vaughn, the actor in the booth, because I know he's yes, a big he's Cubs a, he's a very big Cub fan. We had him. We had Eddie Vedder. We had uh, uh, Corrigan from Smashing Pumpkins. We had wow. uh, we had literally literally just about anybody that we had Fergie. We had Fergie in the booth. Wow, I love Fergie. Well, I talked with at the time she was married to Josh Duhamel, and I talked. I talked she to Josh Duhamel. She knows Josh Duhamel. Our our, our new intern right here, uh, Jenna, knows uh, Josh Duhamel. Yeah, really nice, really Hello. nice guy. I really, I, re- I enjoyed him. So that was that was pretty good. So with uh, having Fergie on the show, like, or on or in the booth with you, like, do you get to ask her detailed questions or and stuff like that, or how shallow are these conversations with these people, or deep? Do you get to go? Well, uh, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna talk about their politics. You're not gonna talk about. Uh, you're not going to talk about any affairs they might have had. You're not, you're, they're, they're no very, salacious they're, material. They're, they're very superficial. And, and like, you know, well, you asked me when I came on if I had anything to, anything to plug. And that's what we do. Uh, we find out why they're there, why they're coming through Chicago. Like we've had, we had the cast of um, uh, Chicago PD, the cast of Chicago Fire, and the cast oh. of Chicago Med. They were all at the ballpark on, on the south side with the White Sox. Um, and you know, you ask them if they want to if they want to do anything. Is there anything that they're trying to promote? So okay, cool. So then we'll ask you that question. You can if ask there me was anything you one like. One thing you yeah. wanted everybody to know about you, what would it be? He's funny. I think um, that'd be my answer. I would like them to know that this is as much as they're ever going to know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you You've reached it. your <laughs> limit on <laughs> Steve Stone knowledge. All right, guys. <laughs> I, have one, I have one last question sure. before you sign off. Okay, Rachel has another question. On the phone for too long. My last question is, I heard when we first signed on, I heard you talking about um, like your motivations mm-hmm. and, and like your failures. And I was curious mm-hmm. if you have like one major failure that yes. has been significant in like changing your life. Yes. And like what that would be. And like if you could give like our listeners tips as to like how to like channel channel yeah how to get through it and how to channel your uh advice in their own lives can you repeat the question for the audience yes the question was um major defeats in life how i dealt with them what i learned from them i'm paraphrasing now rachel um what i learned from them how i dealt with it and um 
what happened after that. And there have been, look, um, Teddy Roosevelt had a quote about being in the arena. The credit belongs to the man in the arena. Um, and if you're not down there, you're not going to be defeated because you're not trying. In order to be defeated, you have to try to win. I always felt it was better to either win or lose and get a resolution than it was to be gray and not go for it. So I've tried to buy some baseball teams during the course of, of my life uh, four or five times. And I got very close and wasn't able to do it. It would have changed the career path, certainly, but uh, I wasn't able to do it. And so that was, that was one of the things. It doesn't stop me from trying, but I took are that. You gonna try to, are you going to try again? Um, funny you should mention that. Uh, <laughs> that's all it is. It's funny you should mention that. But um, anyway, no, that's, yeah, actually, I probably might try to do that one more time, depending on how many years I have. But um, the main thing is this, Rachel, and this is really important. I know you were a terrific athlete, and, and I know that you had times when you, you probably thought you should have one, could have one, but didn't, and whatever the case may be. So this is what happens. You, you get introspective when you lose, not when you win, because if you win all the time, you tend to roll with it, and then you don't really learn anything. The introspection comes when you lose. And the greatest thing you can possibly do when you lose is throw out the end result, because the end result is history. It doesn't matter any longer. So with the end result as history, what you have to do is figure out how you got to the point where it didn't happen for you. So look at the progress, look at the process, analyze it, look at all the mistakes you might have made or things you could have done differently and figure out how you got to the point at the end where you didn't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. Having thrown out the end result, it doesn't matter anymore because then again, it happened and you can't do anything about it. But figure out what it was that stopped you from getting there. And the next time you go through the process, you have to realize that now you're better, you're smarter, you've been through it, you won't make that particular mistake. Odds are you'll make another one, but then if you go through it again, you'll figure out what not to do, and eventually you will go and you will win. So the, the thing that I want to tell most of the people who are listening is that you're going to make a mistake, you're going to fail. If you don't fail, you haven't tried. When someone tells you they haven't, failure, they haven't failed, they're lying to you. So That is and so you've got to try to well you have to do it you have to go for it and going for it you're going to find your share of defeat but the winners in life are the ones that pick themselves up dust themselves off look at the process figure out why it is that you didn't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish and then go for it again and if you have to go for it again you go for it again and you keep on doing it and doing it and doing it and then you figure out eventually how to do it and so you know there are people who get it earlier there's people who get it later but uh, the people who want to get knocked down and stay down, I'm not that interested in. The people who get knocked down and come right back up, even if they get knocked down again, those are the people who are going to succeed in life. And I think, Rachel, having met you briefly, I think you're going to be one of those. Yes, Rachel. Yes, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, Rachel's a lion. Total Rachel's a total lion. lion. It's kind of one of those things like when one door closes, another door opens. But you just have to sometimes force that door open. <laughs> life, life abhors a vacuum. When, and, and there's a saying in yoga, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So when there is a vacuum in your life, it will be filled. The question is up to you. What are you going to fill it with? Ooh, I love that. How old were you when you started playing baseball? Eight. I love it. No, baseball, five, baseball. but professionally, obviously, later. But I went to college, came back from my first year of pro ball, got my college degree. Uh, it's in history and government. I have a teaching certificate. I've never used it, but, you know, it was something that... Um, Something that my father said probably is the best thing 
to have something to fall back on because odds of making it are pretty slim. So with that in mind, I got an insurance certificate. I could sell that. I had a teaching certificate. I could have done that. Um, but, you know, my first love, and, and we were talking before the show about how many people in life get a chance to live their passion. If you have a job that satisfies your passion, you're going to be a very happy person. And odds are you're going to be a successful person. But unfortunately, most of the people in this world are not afforded the luxury of working at their passion because their passion doesn't necessarily spin off any cash. So, you know, that's how it works. Yeah, you were extremely lucky for that because Very much it's so. such a small percentage of people that get to actually pursue that. All right, you guys. So. Well, well, hold on. Before, Rachel, before you sign off, before you sign off, I wanted to say, uh, are you guys going to be mm. back tonight so you can celebrate tonight with us? She may not um, ever want I, everybody to know her schedule. They may be stalking <laughs> her on the road or something. <laughs> <laughs> don't I'm answer, Rachel. Are you back don't. tonight or not? Everyone come to Sky Bar right now in Tucson. <laughs> it's, it's a solar panel. <laughs> completely solar pow- powered um, bar. And then next door, by, owned by the same place, is Brooklyn Pizza Company. Also completely solar powered. And they have a delicious... Yeah. Brick oven. Solar powered bar. Well, right. if, we, if we come there, they're going to so, be running so out of solar power. power. <laughs> what was the name of the bar that's solar powered? The Sky Bar. What was that? Sky Bar? Sky Bar. Okay, Sky Bar. It's solar powered. And what was the other one? Yeah, well, they're owned by the same company, but it's Brooklyn Pizza Company. Some Brooklyn Pizza, Pizza Company. It's solar powered and Sky Bar. And uh, yeah, all their ovens are run off solar power. And then right next door, they ha- it's like actually the same company, but it's called Sky Bar. And it's like this cool little lounge area. And uh, they've got some live music every now and then. And then well, speaking of live music, we've got Jam in the house, and he's Jam about to sing a song. So say hi to Jam. Yo, yo. Oh, wait, hold on. Say I hi to Jam. He's just Jam. putting his headphones on. She just said hi to you. Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, there you are. How's it going? Awesome. Right on. I got on. my tickets taken care of. So. Sweet. Right on. Yeah, Kinga and I, we always meet up with Judge Terry at Starbucks and talk about our parking tickets and stuff. <laughs> and Steve. <laughs> Wait a minute. That makes me sound so bad. I, I, I t- well, actually, oh, Kinga doesn't get the tickets. It's, I, it's me and we Chet. We talk about we Jam talk about, getting uh, his tickets and Rachel yeah. getting her tickets and Chet getting his tickets. Yeah. And I talk about how do I get them all out of their tickets. I'm like, Judge Terry, will you help me get them out of their tickets? It's and true. he's like... <laughs> It's not my tickets. That's true. Let's clarify this. Very true, very true. Hey, Rachel, you guys have a great night and be safe on your way back. Thanks for calling in. All right, we love you. Okay, okay. Peace. All right. Okay, so Jam, what are we going to be playing? Um, well, I'm going to play a song that kind of goes with the uh, the whole theme, I think. You know, just like thinking that, you know, pushing through and believing in yourself and Do you have and a question being for fearless. Steve? I love Steve. It's just, it's good to see you, man. It's <laughs> nice to friends. see you. Um, it's hard for me to... Envision you at the nighttime because I see you the first thing in the morning in know. gym shorts and we don't want to get in our personal life, but yeah, it's it's usually it's for coffee. We'll clarify that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. I wasn't gonna say. I was just gonna let it roll. I do every time I've seen you. It's like I'm getting ready to go on a hike with Kinga. There you go. And it's, I'm just like waking up. No, that's so funny the way you said. That. Okay, but, did you write this song? Oh I did. Yeah. So this song. Uh, it was inspired by a guy named Alice Cooper, and I was talking to Alice one time at one of his golf tournaments, and uh, I was like, Alice, if you could attribute anything to your success, what do you think it would be? And he's like, you have to believe in yourself. You know, you have to believe in your dream because everybody's going to tell you otherwise. And uh, so he's like, it's a lot of hard work, but 
you got to do what you love and you have to believe in it. So right. I'm, I'm going to steal your mic, Quita. Yes, Sweet. It. Oh, shoot. There we go. Her sustainable right bottle. On. So this song is called Believe It's Possible. So here we go. My name is Alice I've wandered so far from home Took a sip of a little potion That took me down the rabbit hole I've gained connection With the sky above And it has opened in its chest With an abundance of love You better believe you can achieve the impossible It'll never happen if you don't think that it can You better believe you can achieve the impossible Quita says to always think that you can Always think that you can Always think that you can la da 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 you filled me with hope at your tea party. Looking deep into your eyes, I saw a dreamer's like mine appear Cheshire on Destiny's doorstep. Twenty-seven butterflies. All bearing their own signs You better believe you can achieve the impossible It'll never happen if you don't think that it can You better believe you can achieve the impossible Cause Kinga says to always think that you can Always think that you can Always think that you can You better believe you can achieve the It'll never happen if you don't think that it can You better believe you can achieve the impossible Cause Alice says to always think that you can Always think that you can Always think that you can la da 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 I think you just heard Steve talk and you wrote that song. That's basically what happened. That's what it sounds like to me. Absolutely. What do you think, Steve?
<laughs> Sounds terrific. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, no, it was really admirable. You know, all the uh, the positive positivity that you have, Steve, is really cool. So I really uh, look up to people that have that mentality, and I, I think that's really cool. You know, well, I think Steve Stone needs to know that Jam. Uh, we had coffee with Steve about three weeks ago or a month ago. I don't remember. And he heard that you were coming on on the 30th, and he goes, I'm coming back in town. I want to be on the <laughs> show. Just for you. And just there to be you on go. with you. There you <laughs> go. So, yeah. so he came in town just to be on the, your show. Okay. I'm a big yeah. White Sox fan, too. So, I mean, that there helps. You go. Well, 2020. Wait till 2020. Next okay. year is not going to be a great day. Oh, uh, hey, that's all right. I'll, I'll, hold okay. I'll hold out. I'll hold out. Yeah, but what if everybody on the team has the right mentality and they're doing everything right? Then will it be a good year? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a nice thought. <laughs> How, how many cool. times have the White Sox won the World Series? Do you know? Of recent vintage? Yes. Once. Mm. 2005. Oh, okay. okay. Before that was 1918. Is but the, then again, wow. who's counting? What's the most winningest mm. World Series team? Is that Yankees? Yankees. Okay, what would be second? Good question. Testing I don't know. You. Never thought about it. Well, Boston recently has been... They, Boston's won four World Series the last 15 years. Wow. So they've been, they've been probably the dominant team at this point. And it's pretty close. So of course, over 15 years, Oakland won three straight World Series, 72, 3, and 4. Big red machine in the mid-70s for the Reds were outstanding. Late 70s, Yankees were great. Um, so there's been some really nice teams. But Boston, Boston is getting to the point where they're, they're, uh, they're rated one of the better organizations around right now. They're, they're very good. They were the best team in baseball. But the best team doesn't always win. They happen mm-hmm. to win this year. So it's, it's the best team plus luck. Well, yeah, but the best team usually does not win. It's just one of those things. Short series, anybody can beat anybody. So that, that one-and-done game for wild cards is really difficult. And then there's a five-game series, which you only have to beat a team three times to win. That's difficult. Then two seven games. And even then, I mean, you run into a couple hot pitchers, you can have mm-hmm. a better team and lose. So mm-hmm. I was in a World Series where we were up 3-1 to one with the final two games in our ballpark and a team that was on the ropes. We were a much better team than Pittsburgh, and uh, we wound up losing, losing the World Series after leading 3-1. to one. So, And you were pitching? Uh, I pitched in the series, but I, I pitched only in the last game that we won. But I, uh, but well, that, that's why you won! Yeah. <laughs> that, night, that night I took my parents to a, a restaurant in Pittsburgh. They were, I invited them to see the World Series, and a waitress came up and said, Pittsburgh's going to beat you. I said, they've got no chance of beating us. We're a far superior team. And so she said, at the end of the dinner, she was telling me about what a wonderful team the Pirates were and eventually asked me to sign the menu. So I signed the menu, 1979, world champion Baltimore Orioles. Oh, wow. Uh, best, best wishes, Steve Stone. Well, we never, we never won another game. We never became the 79 He's world champion. He's not going to make as much money off of that. Actually, it's probably <laughs> worth more money. But, uh, but my, uh, my autograph... You probably should get it now because it's worth nothing, but it's going down in value. So if you get it now, this is the highest it's going to be. See, you're an investor. You you know how it works. That's exactly what you do. Are you you a superstitious man or no? I think think all performers are superstitious. So do you think that was a little bit of a jinx then? No. Signing that? No. No, I think that we just couldn't hit Jim Rooker, and then they came back Uh and beat us twice in our ballpark. And uh, You guys won't remember it, but there there was a woman who has since passed away her name was Joni Sledge, and her group was Sister Sledge. Oh, yeah. And We Are Family yeah. was their song. You might have heard that. That was the, that was the theme of the World Series. Yes, it's making me puke. <laughs> um, and that's was it all the song I heard. Or was it the way Kinga sung it? Both. 
both. Yeah. Mostly the way she sung. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I get this whole group to... going. They all want to make fun of me. Yeah, he's, he's number one. He loves to make fun of me. Kinga, boot, Kinga bootlegs are not always the best. No, no, no. But she got to love her. That's, that's all I got to say. Tim, I've sung with you before. Yeah, yeah. Many and, times, many times, absolutely. What do you think? I think you have a beautiful <laughs> voice. Thank you. Stunning. <laughs> Thank you. Jam's probably like, please keep singing. It makes him sound a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> There's a way to go about it. That's why I keep you around, King <laughs> Okay, I do have a serious question for you sure. while our next guest gets up here. She's coming on up because we are excited to have you up here. Okay. Okay, so thinking about kids and you're talking about the whole mind frame and you have to accept losing. You have mm-hmm. to know that you're going to lose. These days... Well, you don't accept losing. Well, you're going to fail. You lose, but you don't accept it. I get what you're saying. That yeah. makes sense. But with kids now these days, and especially sports, we have this... Oh, I know what she's going to say, and I love this. We talk about this all the time, but I, I want to know yes. from somebody who actually made it. This is a smart question. With the way they do sports now, I know with my kids, a lot of them, we've actually pulled them out of the teams because they don't do points. It's everybody's a winner. You're talking about a participation trophy. Yeah. Well, yes. I, I mean, just they don't even have points in the games. Right. Yeah. So it's all about everybody is a winner. So yes. Kinga knows that's I'm really very... Nice. I think when they're really young, I think when, that's okay. When you, when you go to compete for something later in life, you run that by the person who's having holding the contest. But everybody's a winner. And they'll <laughs> go, yes, but he's a bigger winner because he actually won. You go home now. <laughs> and that's what real life is all about. So participation is really nice, except that in life, you're going to have winners and you're going to have losers. That's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. And so if... You've never experienced losing because you're getting participation trophies. If everybody tells you how wonderful you are because you actually showed up, then what happens is when you get into a situation where you are competing for something and you lose, you don't handle it very well. And that's a big problem. So I love the fact that all these kids are participating. I think that's great. And I think we can find a way to satisfy them in their participation without telling them how wonderful they are for showing up. Because if you just show up most of the time, there's going to be somebody out there who really wants it more than you, and they'll beat you. And then when you go home and you say to your parents, but I participated, they'll say, yeah, okay, well, keep living in the spare room. And and that cycle, cycle, I feel like it doesn't let you grow from defeat. It makes defeat, like, actually defeat you. Well, you you never get defeated, so you don't understand... And, and that's, that's why you see, and this is, you saw it in the World Series, not to tie everything back to baseball because it's any sport, but you saw Kansas City lose one game before they won the World Series. They lost in the seventh game. You saw the Indians lose one game before they won the seventh game. You saw the Cubs get eliminated in 15 before they won in 16. You saw Kansas City get eliminated before they won again. And you saw, uh, it didn't work with, with the Dodgers, but you see teams that have to get close understand what it takes to get close and come back the next year understanding that and then compete and actually win. If you haven't gotten close and lost, you really don't understand the process and odds are coming back, you're not going to come back and do much. So So passion, being relentless, hard work. uh, Are those some of your tips for being a winner? Well, I I think that we should ask a woman who obviously won some contests about Exactly what it takes, because, you know, it's really interesting. There's a lot of people that are absolutely born to be beautiful people. Brooke Shields was one I remember as a kid. Everybody said, Brooke Shields is going to be a gorgeous adult. I don't know how they told, but they they were able to do that. So when you compete in contests, 
outside of just the physical beauty, what makes you stand out? And we're talking with Laura Madden, guys. That's who is. Hello. Great question. Miss Laura Madden. <laughs> you know, I think it's actually your energy and your intention that you bring to any situation that is going to make you stand out. And if you're confident, I mean, that's, I feel like, really the name of the game. If you're confident in who you are and you're excited about who you are, you want to show who you are, that's going to that's gonna shine. I mean, you're going to be attracted to me like you're going to be attracted to me. There's going to be something about me that other people are going to want. They're going to want to know more. And it's that confidence and that, you know, gives you that presence and that magnetism. So I really think confidence, that's top. Can you be overly confident? Well, I think you can be arrogant if that's <laughs> what you're asking. That's different. Yeah, I mean, and that would be more closed off. And I think that would be a repellent, you know, because if you're closed off in any way, people are not, like people are just going to get a weird vibe. They're going to get a wall instead of like an open door. So I don't know if you could be overly confident. I think if you exude happiness and love, that love just people can feel it. Totally. And that love come back. It comes back to totally. you. Totally. And, and and when somebody's superficial and they're being friendly, but you can tell that they're, it's not genuine, you can feel it. Exactly. So people feel the genuine of exactly. love. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got here. You're not just a model. No, (laughs) nope. but I've been modeling for over 20 years, so it's just something I've done, and I've lived all over the country, and I've always been able to do it in, you know, whatever city I've lived in. Um, Right now, the most important thing that I'm doing is I blog and I write about the intersection of sustainability and style and self-esteem. And I, I would consider myself a fashion advocate or a sustainable fashion advocate because the fashion industry is it's just really trashing the environment. And it's really, really sad. And the fact that something that brings so much joy to our life and so much beauty to our life, how could that be causing so much distress on our planet? Mm-hmm. But it really is. It's, it's, it's just a, it's a real situation that we have. And, and I think a very large part of the problem is most people aren't aware of it. People do not think about it. And I don't yeah. know, Quita, did you see her messages? In the last three months, we've had so many messages from Laura. And, <laughs> and, and she, she wrote such kind words about our show. And, and then I finally spoke about her. Uh, I don't know if you were on that show because I think you weren't. Uh, you, you had an emergency. But um, we, we reached out to her, and then she was listening to the show. And so she messaged us the next day, and I thought, we've got to have her on the show. She's definitely a big fan, and I, I want her to collaborate with us because I, I just feel I'm mesmerized by what you're doing and what you're Thank all you. about. Well, I really am. Likewise, likewise. And, you know, I had moved here recently, or earlier this year, rather, from San Francisco, where it's, like, the most eco-conscious city in the world. And, you know, uh, not that Phoenix is not eco-conscious, but it definitely has – a reputation for being not so eco-conscious. And, and that's so, why we need to be eco-warriors right, here right, now. Exactly. And you guys are doing it. And, you know, since I got here, I was like scouring and I found you guys and I thought, okay, here's somebody who is actually doing it. They're spreading the word. And I think a large part of it is you're spreading the word, but you're making it fun. So we yeah. need to make it cool. We need to make like, you know, sustainable fashion. We need to make it stylish because no one's going to want a part of it. Like it, you I know, think you need to dress us every show. Like, <laughs> you, you need to figure out what we need My to wear. My pleasure. <laughs> that's see? the nicest hemp I've found. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, Kinga. That's, oh, see? Now it, that. It's that's, hard, it's hard that's to, what we're talking about. It's hard to put that into a dress, but she was able to do that. That's well, good. that's a good point, because there's, yeah. it's just this stigma around anything. Like, when you, when I, if I asked you, like, 
would you like to look at this eco-friendly line? What would come to mind for you? Absolutely. Are you kidding? Which line would that be? <laughs> oh, you know, I don't know any men specifically off the top of my head, but there are many. There's so many. And, you know, secondhand fashion is an eco-friendly fashion. Would you, How do you feel about that? Oh, great. I mean, I spend most of my time at Goodwill. Cool. Shopping. Of course. Cool. Buy, did you buy this there? No. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it, though. I, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I was going to say, that's an insult. His shirt looks so nice. There's no way he got that at Goodwill. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but when he's done with it, he may donate it somewhere exactly. else and somebody else yeah. will Okay, have I know one of the stores he does shop at, and can I say? No. Okay, never mind. He doesn't want everybody else to buy his shirt. You know what? I want to hang around you a little bit more because I love the way you handle her. <laughs> He does, he does know how to control me, right? Yeah. I, he shuts me up. Yeah, that's right? impressive. See, this is, this, is, this is my fifth lifetime. And I was, in the first lifetime, I was around a town crier. She don't, she'll know after the show. I rest my case. Here's my song. Go ahead, Chad. Well, I was going to let the song oh, no, <laughs> She plays this for me. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to ask Laura. Um, well, some of us, it's easy to find your confidence, you know, but for some people. You're not confident at all. Oh, definitely not. But, You're so shy. Uh, for somebody out there that has issues with confidence, like what steps can they take to improve that? Yes. If somebody has a lot of self-esteem issues. I mean, cause I don't have that, but a lot of people out there do. So. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm glad you asked because it is, it's, it's a lot of young girls struggle with that. I definitely struggle with that as a younger person. And number one, I think getting support, like whether it's like family, friends, like talk about, you know, what you're feeling, maybe hiring a coach or a mentor. But also I, I can't deny that your clothing choices have a huge impact on your, like your emotional state. If you're dressing in clothes that you really love and that, you know, you look in the mirror and you feel like, oh my God, you know, I look great that is going to help somebody to feel awesome about themselves. So it's like dressing how you want to feel or dressing, you know, a lot of people say dress for the day you want to have or dress for the job you want to have. There's so much truth to that because if you go out and you're just wearing like the comfy thing, which I've done, and it really just sucks, you know, it, it just draws you down. It makes you feel like I'm not on top of my game. Well, it's so true because I show up at Starbucks always in my exercise outfit and there's a whole group of us and, and they all say, oh, you know, Hello, hello. But when I show up in a dress, they're like, wow, where are you going? And, well, yeah, I, and I say to them, give me different exactly. personalities. And, and, yes. and they can't yes. believe that I'm, I'm like, mm -hmm. well, when I leave here, this is how I usually dress. But occasionally I show up in my dress, you know, maybe I'm not exercising that morning or I'm going to later. And they're just mesmerized by the fact I'm wearing a dress. I'm like, right, right. Steve? Right. But you had, you had a question. And let me give you some way to apply it because that was good advice. But sometimes you need a way to apply it. And one sentence that you can remember, very easy sentence. If you can see it, you can be it. So true, because anybody that is in, in that position started from the bottom. See it first. In other words, that, that goes with what I was talking about before, where you have to figure out where you want to go before you can get there. It's impossible to get there unless you figure out where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So if you can see it, you can be it, because so few people know how to do it. So you have a world where most people don't understand how to use their mind, you can use imagery. You can see yourself doing whatever it is you can imagine. 
anything you can imagine you can accomplish. But first you have to see it, then you can be it, and that gives you confidence. The more times you succeed, the more confidence that you will have. But it's a chicken and egg. You have to have the confidence to succeed. You have to succeed to have the confidence. I think to see it, and I think that's a catch-all, see it, figure out where you want to go, how you want to do it, and what you want to be, and you can get there. Mm-hmm. Because without direction, you know, you're lost, right? Without a goal. There is, well, there is no... You and it's, impo- it's important to, like, if you're setting a goal to be at the top of any, any industry, whether it's jam with music or something or, you know, somebody with sports. Steve with baseball. Yeah, exactly. You can say, oh, my gosh, like, you know, Michael Jackson, he's so good. How did he get to that point? But he started as a child. Like, everybody starts young and they get better with as they go. Like, nobody, nobody just instantly became perfect. Like, you have to go through the motions. So. You have to have passion and work hard, right? <laughs> well, you're, you're going to be competing. If you're, if you're in a high-profile business of any sort, doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be a professional business, just a high-profile business. <clears throat> you're going to be competing either against the best in the world, the best in the country, or the best in your city. And to be able to beat the best, you're going to have to believe that you can do that. And, that, and that's, that's where it starts. And then you get knocked down, then you step back up and you compete again. And you believe you can do it. And, you know, if, if these guys had quit this show after a couple of shows because maybe they weren't connecting with the audience enough or maybe the ratings weren't so good or maybe they didn't know who exactly was watching and then they went away from it to do something else, they wouldn't have gotten to this point where... They have some music. They have some a studio audience. I mean, a huge studio audience. We have Stephen Stone. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Steve Stone. Hello. Quality over quantity. But, yeah. but I mean, well, they, stayed, they stayed with it. Well, honestly, I do wake up every morning, and I call Quita. I'm like, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we do both believe it, and, and I think Rachel and Chet and Quita are all passionate, and I think I'm very blessed to have the best people around us. And the best interns, and the best guests, guests, and Steve Stone. Thank <laughs> well, you. Well, because I am loving the advice though about the outfits, because it is a little thing we do at home. Is it changes my personality? So certain outfits, I will literally say to my husband, "I'll put on a wig," and this is a wig? Sasha. What Sasha you doesn't have wigs. kids, <laughs> so, but I mean it's. It, it's fun because it's almost like you're getting... Listen, we've been married for 25 years. I'm just kidding. Years, I've heard you talk right? about your wigs. <laughs> I know about the wigs. But really, the I didn't know she was when you're saying that, that was all I'm divulging. No more, Kinga. Doesn't but, but, hurt, it doesn't hurt that she's a cheerleader, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you, you, you make a really good point. And you also make the point of when we're talking about clothing and sustainability, some people come to mind, it is boring. It's not yeah. what you want to wear. But And, and, and price comes into effect but then you say sustainability isn't about just getting new things with the right material it's about you can shop at resale stores consignment stores so that you you can still get that outfit you want maybe not having the means for the things you think you need but the point i was trying to make earlier is that we all have these nice outfits and it's like why save them it's like saving your your fine china and never using it and then someday you die and it's like it all sat there i've like when I move into my next house, we are using China. I don't care if we chip it or break it. Use it. Enjoy it. Wear your, wear have, your great outfit. I have one question for you because yes. we ha- we're going to have, I'm sure, a lot of young women who will be listening to you yes. and wonder how you got in that chair. So if you were going to give a tip to any of our young listeners, what would you tell them to be able to accomplish what you've accomplished in your life? You know what? A lot of it goes back to what you said. Just see it. 
the visualization, like, but it's getting clear on exactly where you want to be. I mean, you, I mean, it's like a life coaching session. I love it, but it's, it's so true. And I live this stuff and I believe in it. You really do have to believe me. It's, it's a mind game. It so is. And I mean, the clothes, that's like a tool and it's a really good tool. It's been a great tool for me, but it is a mind game. Positive thoughts. So important. So when did you know you wanted to model? Oh, I was like a tiny child. Yeah, every, every little girl wants, you know, I want to be that pretty, that model. But yep. I think I what obsessed. Steve is getting at too is you got there. And most well, girls are obsessed. But what gave you that extra oomph? I, I will tell you, it was, a mind, it was a mind game for sure. I actually had a serious weight problem as a child. and Really? I, yeah. And I got to a point, I was like 11. And I started reading <gasps> all these like positive thinking books and like... It was, and it was seeing it, seeing the vision. I cut things out of magazines. So it, it, but it was like, I just felt like, you know what? I really want better than this for my life. And unfortunately at that age, you know, skinny kids. So you did a lot of reading because a lot of people lot of still, reading. you a lot can of say it's Study. in the really mind. Good. You can say, do this, do that, yep. but you still don't have it in you. Reading was one thing. What yeah. are some other tools that can get you to that mind frame of where you need to be? You know, for me at the time, exercise, that was like a movement. It's so important. It actually makes you feel good. And a lot of people don't realize like, yes, like getting up and moving. Yes, Mm -hmm. it it does. It really does. But it was the studying. It was the reading. And then it was just like doing things you love. Like if you want to do something, go out and do it. Like go and try it. And Steve, you know, you were alluding to this earlier. Go out and do it. Like take action. Well, and what led you to sustainability in fashion? Oh my gosh, that was a huge, that was like a huge 360. I watched a documentary called The True Cost. If no one has seen it, please watch it. It is so good, but it really pulls back the curtain on what's happening with the fashion industry and and it shows you how they are trashing the industry. It is That's our homework. So good. We will watch that it. That is your the next homework. Time. That is your homework. Next month when you're on, we'll discuss yep. that. That was life-changing. And we're going to be cutting to a song, so I do want to uh, wrap up with uh with everybody because we, Jam's going to be singing another song. Quita, do you have a last question or a last? If you have a message you want people to know, what's, what's your message? I want people to dress, you know, just dress for their best life. Dress in a way that makes them feel amazing. Like wear clothes you love and wear them. Wear the clothes you have. Don't save them. Don't save them. Wear them. Life mm-hmm. is now. Yep. And then what about you, Steve Stone? What's your message you want to give to the world? If you ever have a chance to do anything... Go for it and don't be intimidated by anything because the reason why people don't accomplish what they want to in life is most of them don't actually go for it. They're afraid. And the Mm -hmm. worst that can happen is you fail and never be afraid to fail because you can get right back up and still do what you need to do. So you have to, you have to just go for it. Just go for it. I love it. it. Jam, let's just go for it. And, and Jam is actually going to sing us out, so we want to thank all you guys. And I have to say, I am so grateful for hearing both of you guys. I, I actually was having a down day. And this really helped right? spark some Aww. ambition I feel like and everything. Next time so we've got to have them on together because yeah. this so was a good I mix. hope we did that for you guys as well. So we want to thank our guests. And we're saving Steve the planet. And Laura, and we're saving the planet one, one show at a time. time. Jam, thank you, so much, right. thank you so much, Steve Stone. Thank you so much, Laura Madden. Or I could just go like this, I guess. There we go. There we go. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, I'm going to play Universal Love. Here we go. Open your mind to heal this world Universal love is what it's all about 
Open your eyes to what is real Universal love is what is seen throughout Need an antidote to keep us afloat Moving towards the future, good things come and we need them sooner Smile towards the clouds, obstacles all around There's a blessing in them, time will show how to heal the conundrum There's no coincidence in life It's all planned to coincide Open your mind to heal this world Universal love is what it's all about Open your eyes to what is real Universal love is what Thank you for listening to In the Green Room Join us here live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Or anytime on demand 24-7 on StarWorldWideNetworks.com.